0: Welcome to episode 3 of the trans questioning podcast. I'm a trans person, and I'm guiding you through my own personal journey of discovering what, uh, what's the deal with like gender and stuff. So, uh I'm recording in my closet now, which I think is fitting. It is presently 9.45 in the morning on Saturday, October 7th. Uh, my roommates aren't home, so I can be as loud as I want. So if you're wondering who uh, is talking, this is what my voice sounds like. It's still me. I'm just loud. So I wanted to start with just a random thing that I saw on Twitter Right before I started recording this episode, which was uh, a thing from Laura Kate Dale, which if you don't know who she is, she is a games journalist who seems to have a ton of connections and basically predicted or leaked everything uh, about the Nintendo Switch. She got a lot of stuff right. There were a lot of games that weren't announced for months that she predicted months in advance, uh, this time last year, basically. So, she recently actually got a job with Kotaku, which is super cool. Uh, I'm really excited for her because she's a great journalist. She's doing a kind of work that I don't really see a lot of other journalists doing, and she takes her job very seriously in a way that feels less jokey than a lot of games journalists with it, which is fine. Anyway. Uh, I had no idea that uh, Laura Kate Dale was 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 trans, and it doesn't matter one way or the other. I think it's really cool that she is, but she posted a picture of an email she got from, I guess, another trans person complaining about her her lack of progress in like transitioning. Oh gosh, it gets worse. So the original email was basically this person asking, I wanted to know how you are doing with beard hair removal. Not that I have any skin in your transition, but you are a public figure and photos with beard shadow and beard hair are not good for the optics of everything we are trying to accomplish. Laser hair removal, electrolysis to remove it, or even makeup to hide it. The only other thing I have to say is I think you need a brow reduction surgery or uh, rhinoplasty. HRT has done a lot for you, but you still have a very male nose, and your brow is still quite heavy. I'm sorry if this is upsetting or causes a dysphoric attack, but I think the truth is more healthy than delusion. That's a fucked up email to send to somebody, but it goes on because Laura Kate Dale did a thread about this where she's basically saying like, yeah, I'm aware of the fact that I could benefit from facial surgery. Probably everybody could, uh, but she she's like, yeah, I have coordination issues with, with makeup and uh, laser hair removal did not work for me which is definitely a thing, and kind of just arrives at, like, fuck you, person who sent me that email, and also the idea that I'm holding back trans rights because I have beard shadow, and also I exist, and that's okay— Then she posted an update with uh, a a second email that this person sent, and I have not read this yet, so we're just going to work our way through it. Some trans women do not get that we are all representatives of our struggle. The hostility towards us will only reduce when transitioning is normalized. And for that to happen, we have to work around our own appearances and dysphoria. For a cis woman, the same clothing, the same makeup, and hair will almost always look better. Hmm... Sporting a beard, for example, is the antithesis of what cis women usually do. Cis women can get away without wearing little makeup and putting their hair up because they have nice hairlines. These are just examples, by the way. With an openly public trans woman, it is doubly so important to be an ambassador to our plight. It does not diminish the fact you are a woman nor delegitimize it, but it is harder for us, and denying that effort is required just does us no favors. So that's all kind of a fucked up. Bit of internalized transphobia to uh, just kind of throw out at a public figure. Uh, this I wanted to talk about this because it kind of dovetails with some of the, the the ideas and thoughts that are r- wiggling around in my brain right at this particular moment. I am very frustrated with the idea that there is a uh, a very specific image that one must attain if one wants to transition. I think that's been the biggest challenge for me as I've come to terms with uh, being transgender, which if you're new here, I guess go listen to the first two episodes. It's only like two hours worth of content. It's not like it's that hard for you to catch up. But if you want a a, a refresher, uh, I figured out that I was transgender a little over two months ago. So this podcast has been me kind of summarizing my thoughts and going through the philosophical quandaries of being transgender. And this is one of them. Part of the reason why it took me so long, because I'm 28 years old, I'm realizing this about myself a little bit later in life than some people, though not as late as others. A big part of the reason why it took me so long to have this realization about myself is entirely because... I had a monolithic image of what a transgender person is, what they look like, what their experience is. I had this idea that a transgender person is a man uh, born in a woman's body or a woman born in a man's body, and they know from day one, and they spend their whole life trying to make their body fit who they are on the inside. And for the people whose story that is, that's totally fine, but transgender, like all things human is a wide spectrum of many, many different kinds of experiences. And mine is not that. I've had a lot of issues with my body and my image, but I I never felt like a woman in a man's body or whatever. I felt like, like my body just didn't reflect who I was personally. So in contemplating the prospect of transitioning, of going from presenting as male to presenting as female, I've run into this huge mental barrier of, first off, there's just a lot of social cues that I don't know. There's there's a lot of behaviors and rituals that I don't know. The the uh, There's the aspect of putting on makeup, finding clothes that fit, making outfits that look good, which is something that's still very new to me. What is the body language of a woman? How do you speak like a woman? Uh, that's another thing. I don't know if I want to do the whole like shift my voice up and do a feminine voice. I don't know, maybe I could. I enjoy voice acting. I enjoy doing weird, silly voices. I could <laughs> I, I could I could go around dressing as a woman and be like, hello, I'm Zara. How do you like my hair? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha no, you see, I'm transgender. You can call me she. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, who who's to say what a woman's voice really is, like philosophically speaking? And that's that's kind of what my biggest struggle has been. That even though there's this process, which is calling into question the fundamental nature of gender and performance as a human being, in order to solve the emotional distress caused by having this I don't want to call it a disorder but having this part of yourself it requires you to some extent or there's an expectation for you to swing to the other end of the spectrum and to pass to make yourself look like the gender you want to be and then become invisible or as invisible as possible so this these emails sent to Laura Kate Dale That's sort of where that's coming from, this idea that if you are a transgender person, if you're a transgender woman trying to pass as a woman... Then you need to pass 100%. You need to get rid of the, the 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 five o'clock shadow. You need to medically alter your face to make it look more feminine. You need to present yourself in a way that makes other transgender people look better. It feels a little bit like the uh, the the concept of let's get a black person on our show to uh, talk about why the entire black community is is criminals. It's it's inherently a racist proposition. And you don't ask a white person to represent the entirety of the white population, but here we are, it's America, we're a bunch of racists anyway. So I find it really frustrating that as a trans person, you're asked to first go on this journey of self-discovery where you realize like, oh shit, I've been told my entire life that gender is A or B but by virtue of my birth it is actually something a lot more fluid that experience is different for different people i guess i probably follow fall along a more gender fluid part of the spectrum but even for somebody who was born uh, assigned male but is a trans woman trying to find the right words for this i still feel like there is there's a shift in thinking that has to happen there where you Oh, oh, my phone is not on silent. That never happens. I apologize, everybody. I literally always have, uh, (laughs) I always have my phone on vibrate. I never have my phone on loud. I hate when my phone makes noises at me. What just happened is the first time that's happened in literally years. So I apologize. I guess we'll just go personally here i I have a weird body, I have a weird face. Uh, I have struggled so far quite a bit with the concept of passing uh, as a goal and a big part of what kept me from accepting that I was transgender for a very long time was the feeling that I would never be able to pass and part of what's helped me to accept being transgender is looking at pictures and realizing that there are people who have it much worse than me who have made it work and that's fine but I'm also now very dubious of the idea that passing in general is a, a reasonable goal if that's what you want as an individual that's perfectly fine if you as an individual, you realize that you are a woman born in a man's body or a man born in a woman's body or your own version of that experience where you just want to pass as the other person or as the as another gender. And all you want to do is just make yourself look like that person and become not necessarily invisible, but just but only visible as the other gender. That's also fine. And I understand like the dysphoria that's associated with not feeling like who you really are. I definitely understand that. But I think it is both pointless and unreasonable to expect that all trans people reflect that experience. And I think that it where this person sending this email feels like anybody who deviates from that norm is holding the movement back by giving uh, assholes and transphobes like a, a, a scapegoat, I guess. I feel like what has been so interesting for me and why I've started this podcast is that the recognition of being transgender, is that even a word, recognition? My own realization of being transgender has opened me up to a lot of other questions about my identity. And what I'm realizing about my own desires as a trans person are that I don't want to become a woman. I want to become a person who is closer to who I am. Sometimes that will involve dressing as I already do. Sometimes that will involve dressing as a woman. It kind of just depends on the day, whatever. Some days... I will probably put on a lot of makeup some days. I will not. I think I still want to get my beard lasered off just because I kind of find it gross now. But I think there is so much room for experimentation with your appearance. And I think when you realize you're transgender, you kind of automatically become aware of the lie that is the gender binary. And you become aware of the contradictions of sort of binary gender roles and the way that we formulated masculinity, masculinity and femininity in America or in the West. And to me being transgender feels like a subversion of the foundation of western civilization. And that's that's an extreme thing to say and it's a very pretentious thing to say and I'm aware of how that sounds, but it feels like if we are accepting of differences, if we are accepting of things that aren't traditionally female and trans women. Like for me, I have I have kind of a weird bridge of my nose that doesn't look particularly feminine. I definitely have like a a, a too strong jawline and my hair, good god, the hair on my head. I that I've been looking at wigs. We'll just keep it at that. That is a valid expression of femininity, not to mention cisgender women have those same issues. Let's not even pretend that like this is just trans women. There are balding cisgender women. There 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 are women with weird noses and weird jaw lines. So this idea that we have to formulate for ourselves a perfect image of the woman, is both impossible because when you're trying to fit yourself into like an a priori, Adonis-like model of what a woman is, you will always come up short and you're not living your life for yourself. You're living your life for an image that society requires of you, which is exactly the same as what you were doing before. Like for me, transitioning should be this joyous experience of discovering who you should have been from day one. But instead, there's this pressure to make yourself into a socially acceptable image of another person person it's like trading one set of shackles for another it completely misses the point for me and it's infuriating and when you're when you're trying to present as a woman and you have this this beard shadow that that comes back every day that's frustrating and you want to do what you can to get rid of it and i get that but it's nobody else's business even if you're trans to be like oh honey you really should get rid of that that makes us all look bad fuck you you can go to hell Like, that's just bullshit. (laughs) So, going forward, uh, I wanted to explore my emotional state over the last uh, couple days. Uh, first, I will play for you a clip that I recorded last night when I was feeling particularly bad about myself. Um, the audio quality of this is terrible because I recorded it on my cell phone because I didn't want to set up my, uh, my whole thing here. So uh, let's give that a listen.
1: So it is currently 1.32 a.m. on Saturday, October 7th. Yeah, that's right. I'm recording this on my phone. Because it's late And I don't want to set up everything So I'm just sort of Doing this on the fly And I'm sure the audio sounds like shit And I apologize It's been a rough day Uh, A rough Few days I've been feeling very depressed And attendant to that Feeling like You know Transgender is just a waste of time Like why am I even to bother um, not feeling my positive emotion associated with transitioning just sort of feeling exhausted feeling shitty so I don't know I've just been tired, I feel like my friendships are dying, I feel like I'm barely scraping by and doing the bare minimum effort to to make ends meet right now I'm preparing for like a meeting of all of my roommates just to kind of get them on the same page as me to try to talk about like what the fuck is going on with me, I've already come out to them about the transgender thing, but we haven't really talked about it since then. But uh, even with all of that, today I had a moment where I went into the bathroom and I turned on the light and I saw my lips sort of redder than they usually are. And I just had this moment like looking over my face and I go, shit. Is that me? I look good. It was just for a flash, and then I sort of focused in on all the things that I dislike about my face. But I will say that, like, a few months ago, I uh, put on some lipstick and looked in the mirror and felt like this amazing sort of... I don't want to describe it as euphoria because I think that's too strong of a word, but maybe that's right. I don't know. I felt just so good. I I thought, like, uh, I have good lips for for that, you know? And it felt good. And so, looking at myself today, I I don't know, like, that little moment just barreled through, you know, a weeks worth of depression and doubt and self hatred. And I'm like looking at clothes and again thinking like maybe I should look into starting a transition and looking at our trans timelines and just seeing like how things can change. And part of me is feeling like maybe I should just do it, and like maybe it's exactly what I need. Like maybe I need—I uh, don't know. Maybe it's what I—what I'm missing. it's so easy for me to analyze this intellectually, but is it just... Oh,
0: God, I don't know. So, needless to say, I was having a hard time last night, and I have a bad habit of staying up too late, and when I stay up late, I invariably get depressed, but... Just over the last couple of days, I've been feeling just really bad, feeling like a lot of my friendships are sort of devolving. And a lot of that has to do with wounds that were inflicted before I realized I was trans and before I got my official ADHD diagnosis. There's a lot of inattentiveness that has been my fault over the last year or more uh, because I've felt disassociated from myself or as... Uh, Zinnia Jones would say I've been suffering from depersonalization. So just being around my decaying friendships and feeling unable to say or do anything to sort of save them, which is just my own neuroses keeping me from doing anything about it. I've also felt like, I, I I shouldn't transition. It's a it's a waste of time, you know, as you heard. What's interesting is that I recorded that last night. Then I woke up this morning kind of tired. I got out of bed, browsed on the internet for a minute, and I found this uh, women's tank top on fangamer.com, which was, uh, I think it's called F- F- Floral Fantasy, and it's just a Moogle head in uh, a bunch of flowers and stuff. And I just had this, like, oh, God, I really fucking want that. And then I started looking at, other like women's cut shirts and stuff like that on Fangamer and also on We Love Fine, looking for like Homestuck themed things and realizing I really want these clothes and I want to start wearing them. And I kind of just looked around and it felt like I was in another room because I had overnight kind of just completely shifted my feelings where now I'm like, God, I, I want to, I want to start transitioning. Like I want to, I want to start presenting differently yeah i don't know just yesterday in the in the, this whole week i felt there's I, I i can never pull it off and there's no point in trying and maybe i'm not even transgender maybe the whole thing was just a waste of time and then now i'm feeling like oh it's totally the answer and i, I want to get started right away and i'm so excited and like clothes possibilities are so fantastic because men's clothes are just so boring i have i have a uh A suite of gray and black pants and a bunch of t shirts with like video game logos on them. I'm excited for things with shape and color and like texture and frills. So, one of the other important things about this podcast for me is showing how my perception of my transness changes from week to week. And I haven't set up like a, a consistent recording schedule because it, so far it's kind of just been when I have an interesting emotion, I kind of rush to record while I'm in that emotion so that I can document it. Because this is the part of the process that I wish there had been a resource, resource for when I was first questioning and for years beforehand when I was struggling to figure out what was going on with me. I think it's important to acknowledge the doubt and the uncertainty that is a part of the process because you don't really... No, for sure. I don't think anybody is 100% certain. I uh, have been e- emailing back and forth with Parker Malloy, who is a, a journalist for Upworthy, and she hosts on Citizen Radio a lot. And even she's like, yeah, sometimes I have days where I don't feel as certain about it. And it's it's one of those things where, going back to what we first talked about today, we create this sense of like a monolithic gender identity and in, in being transgender or genderqueer or any of these others that doesn't really refre- reflect reality. But, but I feel like Western civilization in general likes its definite categories. We like yes or no answers. We like true or false. But gender identity is inherently fluid. It's something that requires... <laughs> to go back to something I said in episode two, it requires you to trust your gut. And it requires you to know yourself. A lot of the doubt uh, from non-trans people, of trans people is coming from the sense that like, well, biologically, it's not, doesn't really make sense. And you know, you gotta, you, you were born with an XY chromosome or an XX chromosome and it's different for, you can't, you can't just say you're a woman One being a woman's different. You know, it's the dust thou bleed argument. But to me, it really shows a lack of imagination in people and an intolerance for different kinds of life experiences that, They'll just write off another person because you know, oh, you're just a special snowflake. Uh, why can't you just be normal or whatever? They're not taking into account the fact that this is them trying to be normal. It's so easy when you when you're when you're confronted with an experience that is completely alien to you. It's so easy to dehumanize them and disregard their their lived experience which make no mistake that's a fucked up thing to do but i get that it's it's hard and and you know right now i'm kind of considering coming out to all of my like family and friends and i worry about a few people you know very vocally disliking that uh quote-unquote choice for me and i worry about a lot of like questions and doubts and fears that people are gonna confront me with but ultimately there's never a point when society is like ready for something this is an example I go back to a lot because it was sort of a formative moment for me in 2010 I want to say I was in a writing class where we were uh, going over just basic like rhetorical arguments and we staged a mock debate in the class where it was the entire class versus the professor. And the issue we were talking about was whether or not you should repeal don't ask, don't tell. And we as the class were tasked with arguing for why you shouldn't repeal don't ask, don't tell. Now at this time, I was in the early stages of questioning my sexuality and feeling like I might be gay. So I was biased, but I understood the exercise. So I was fine with doing the debate thing of like, yeah, we'll uh, just, you know, pretend. But it really started to get kind of gross and weird because the first, the first bad sign was that everybody in the class seemed really relieved that they had gotten that side of the argument, and I remember one person specifically saying like, "Oh, good, gosh, good," because I don't know how you could argue for revealing "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." So the debate went on and played along, and it was fine, but it stopped being an intellectual exercise and became a thing of like, you know, I don't, I don't really agree with this in general, and I feel like in our mock debate, we're still sort of acknowledging some bias in us personally. So I I finally was like, you know what, I'm I gotta just say I'm with the professor on this one. In reality, I don't think don't ask, don't tell is a good thing. And then everybody started arguing with me. And it this this argument came up that the that now is not the right time. The country isn't ready for a, uh, a homosexually integrated army or whatever. And that concern, that particular argument has just stuck with me so hard because I instantly knew like, when is the right time? Do you set a date? Like now with the, the gun control debate when, uh, in the wake of the, uh, Las Vegas shooting, when is the right time to have that debate? When is the right time to politicize? There isn't one. There isn't a point at which we all suddenly agree, okay, now we can integrate the army. There wasn't a right time for the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s or the Voting Rights Act. You just fucking do it. It's not about if it's the right time. It's about this is what's morally right. And if people have a fucking problem, they got to deal with it. And over time it becomes normal and then it in, becomes inconceivable that there was ever a time when we were having this stupid debate. So I think there are a lot of people who are irrationally afraid of transgender people and of the idea that you know gender is fluid and that the only real like criteria for what makes a trans person is just trusting your gut to a large extent. I you know there's the whole like oh I don't like the idea of a man in women's clothing going into the the women's bathroom and molesting people which isn't a thing first of all that doesn't happen it's it's an irrational fear that comes from an unwillingness to confront an idea because if 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 you if you take a second and you just sit and so you have this reaction right you you encounter a trans person, and we'll just say you're, tra- you're cisgender. You encounter a trans person, and you have this reaction, and maybe it's not conscious, maybe it's not your fault, whatever. You you have this reaction where maybe you feel repulsed, or maybe you feel angry, or maybe you feel any number of other emotions. You just you have kind of an adverse reaction to this trans person. Instead of taking that reaction and saying... This is fact. This is my emotional reality. Sit with it for a minute. Instead, like, like, just accept it as true in your mind and sit with it for a minute. Say, okay, this is my reaction. Why? And I, don't, I think it's an exercise we don't do enough. There's just like this, uh, we take our gut reactions as like an emotional fact I see this in movie and game criticism a lot where it's like your first opinion about a movie is your final opinion. So there's this rush to get the opinions out there when in my experience, all of my favorite films are films that I hated the first time I watched them. Blade Runner, which is on everybody's minds right now because 2049 just came out. Blade Runner is a movie that is pretty objectively bad the first time you watch it. I haven't watched it with a single person who thought it was like really brilliant the first time they saw it. It's a movie that as you rewatch it, it gains texture and identity and you realize all of the details that are in it. It's not a perfect film, but it's incredible. It grows on you in a way that a lot of movies don't. And I understand the aversion that people have because it's a big time investment to like say, oh, you have to watch this movie three times at least before you can really like it. But that's how it goes. Like Great art grows on you. You can't take your first reaction as your final opinion. It's the same with all of my favorite albums. The Suburbs by Arcade Fire was an album that when I first listened to it, I was kind of mixed about. But over time, it became one of my favorite albums. It's just... You can't, you can't take your first reaction on something as gospel. And when it comes to people, we don't have the same attitude that we have about art. You know, you take your first reaction as the final opinion, but people grow on you. People change. You change and, and you learn more about a person. And we have this, this culture of, of taking our first impressions about something and, and saying, like, this is the final opinion. This is the judgment, right? But the value of a person isn't in how they look. It's in what they do and who they are and what they mean to you. How somebody looks is ancillary to anything, but we're so obsessed with image. We like things to 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 look a certain way and feel a certain way. And one of the joys of, of transgender for me is recognizing finally that all of that's a facade and there isn't anything stopping me from dressing or acting however I want. There is no biological imperative to performing as a man or performing as a woman. A cisgender person should have just as much right to cross-dress as 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 I do. And I think it does a great disservice to ourselves to, to, to hold ourselves to an identity metric that is impossible for most people to meet. And I think it's closed-minded for people to look at a trans person and accept their first impressions as reality normalization involves that questioning and that constant exposure and that's just that's just on the way that's happening assuming the current political climate doesn't devolve into fucking nazi germany oh god Hello, I'm back again. So it's Monday now, and I wanted to record just a smidge of a thing to kind of bridge the gap between what just happened and what's about to happen. So first of all, I'm now recording in my garage. We'll see how this sounds. Uh, I might just end up back in the damn living room because I've been editing the uh, the, the episode three, the closet episode, this episode. I don't know why I'm referring to it as something else and the audio isn't super great. It's got like a weird echo that I don't particularly love, so maybe the uh, the living room is the correct option, but right now I'm just going to try the garage because I just cleaned it, so it's got nice, you know, space for me to actually be in here, so we'll see how that sounds. This next bit I recorded uh, two nights ago, Saturday night I think, maybe? That, seem- that seems right, yeah. So, I can't remember if I say this in the clip, so if this is redundant, I apologize. On Saturday evening, after a lot of time spent sort of deliberating whether or not I wanted to, I finally decided that I was just going to come out to everybody. So I made a Facebook post and published it, and then closed my computer, turned off the notifications on my phone, and went to bed. Uh, And I couldn't really sleep. And so I wanted to include this bit in this episode, despite the fact that it's going to make it go a little bit long, because it feels like a good coda for kind of the self-negativity that was has been expressed so far in this episode. I had kind of a complete 180 over the course of a couple of days where I felt really doubtful. And part of that might've been the fact that I wasn't particularly public with my identity. I don't I don't, I don't I don't really know. I'm not sure exactly what pushed me over the edge. However, I'm feeling really good and the response to me coming out to everybody has been extraordinarily positive. Uh, I have yet to have any negative repercussions, which is incredible to me. Uh, I My family is great. There were just a handful of people that I was expecting to maybe get some pushback from, particularly people on my dad's side of the family and just some other folks whose political leanings I wasn't quite aware of. There are a couple of people who have not chimed in altogether, who I I don't know what to think about that because Facebook is weird. They don't necessarily show you everything that your the people your, your friends sh- uh, post. So I don't know. I and mean, then there's there's one friend I had from college who uh, I came out to personally and who hasn't responded, and that's gotten me kind of disheartened. But they're also a busy person, so it could just be negligence. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. But other other than that, like. As far as quibbles go, those those are pretty pretty minor. I haven't had anybody, like, disown me or dehumanize me or say, like, ah, if you're you, you, this is a guy who wants to wear a dress or whatever, whatever. So I'm really glad that I made that choice. It's very scary, and I feel the pressure now to start doing stuff, which we'll talk about in the next episode. In the meantime, the night that I posted that... Uh, coming out post on Facebook. I wanted to express just some of my thoughts, so I pulled out my phone again, and I started recording. And I had a bit of an epiphany that resulted in a kind of emotional euphoria... And euphoria is a loaded term for trans people in a way that it isn't necessarily. And I think it has more value for trans people than it does for just the, the cisgender population. Because I use that term a lot to just sort of mean like, oh, wow, I feel so great. But euphoria has a specific, uh, uh, not antecedent I don't know what the correct word would be, but it has, it has a twinner. It has like an opposite side, like a mirror version, and that version is dysphoria. So, of course, dysphoria is the feeling of not, well, when it comes to trans people, the gender dysphoria is feeling not attached to your own personal gender, not feeling an association with it, generally feeling depersonalized, sort of disconnecting from yourself because you don't identify with the way that you have been trained to present yourself to the world. Euphoria is the opposite of that. It is feeling an immense ownership and presence in oneself. So I've yet to feel bodily euphoria. I still, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm frustrated By the fact that that just takes time and I have lost a lot of weight, but it's still like, it's not enough, man. And right now I'm on track to be around my goal weight of 200 pounds by or before the end of the year, which is really exciting, but that's still another, you know, two and a half months of just waiting. And in the meantime, I'm really wanting to experiment with different clothes and all kinds of other things, but I don't want to start buying clothes that won't fit me in a few months, uh, and all of that stuff. All of that said, I have had this sense of emotional euphoria that I am okay with my identity. Like for the first time since maybe having the realization I had like gone around the whole circle of doubt and fear and questioning. And I finally arrived back at that initial sense of like, Oh yeah, this is correct. And so in this 14 minute audio clip which I will probably edit down a little bit uh, you will hear me come to that realization and then I'm just going to end the episode after that because it's already it'll already have gone long so if you want to find me in different places uh, on Twitter I am at HMS no fun uh, all one word HMSNOFUN I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash L-T-A-S, which stands for Let's Talk About Stuff, which is my YouTube show, but that all of that money will go to the same place if you decide to support me. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you have a pleasant week and weekend, and that this podcast has helped you or given you some context or perspective in some way. And now here is... The (laughs) clip that I titled, uh, I'm trans, holy shit.
1: So it is 1.42 a.m. on Sunday, October the 12th? The 8th, Jesus... Sunday, October 8th, 1.42 a.m. Today is an interesting day. Um, I had an essay that I needed to write. I think it's due. It's either Tuesday or Thursday. I watched the film that I'm writing about, which is Three Colors Blue, which is a beautiful film. You should absolutely watch it. This is like the third or fourth or fifth or sixth time I've watched it. I watched the film in the morning, and then I needed to work on the essay but I couldn't focus so uh, I had half an Adderall that I've been saving at this point for like nine months from when I had a prescription and I finally felt like safe in using it because uh, I have my official ADHD diagnosis and in two weeks I'm going to be finally back on Adderall. Uh, So this whole week I've been feeling like really disjointed and really unmotivated and kind of just generally, like, shit. And I took this Adderall, just half an Adderall, uh, and I basically wrote the whole essay in one sitting, and it's, I think it's, yeah, it's like ten pages long. And what was, what's been so great about today is just, like, this feeling of, of, of normalcy and, like, collectedness. I, uh, my thoughts are clear somehow, or clearer. It's it's, it's strange. Uh, emotionally or mentally, psychologically, it feels like my brain was dozens of marbles on a table, just sort of rolling around and falling off onto the floor. And my daily life has been me trying to collect those marbles, and I just keep knocking them around everywhere. And taking that Adderall, it was like I put all of those marbles just on a cloth and lifted up the cloth and it just cinched them all together. It's like I still have issues. It doesn't like fix my my wandering mind necessarily but all of these things are just like they're so close together now all these thoughts are right there and I can pick and choose which one I want to focus on uh, and there's there's definitely like a manicness where I kind of get ahead of myself and this might have just been that I took a dose that was probably a little too large it was a half an Adderall so I don't know but it's been a long time since I've had Adderall in my system so yeah I mean it's fucking amphetamine it, it'll so there's, there's, a, there's a high involved, but like I've always described it, it's not a high like, oh man, I feel so full of energy and like a manic over the top way. It's just like I have the ability to think of a thing that I want to do and I can set my mind to doing it and I do it and then I move on to the next thing. Like I said, it's like having all those marbles collected in one place. So the relevance of that is that I, about 30 minutes ago, uh, I posted on Facebook that I'm trans and just let it there. (laughs) Then I closed off, (laughs) I turned off my computer and uh, uh, went to bed. (laughs) This is me in bed. Um, So I did the Facebook thing. It's been something I've been considering for a while. Uh I what I should have done is like written letters to people and gone through this whole process of, you know, telling the people that I care about and not telling people that I don't give a shit about. But ultimately, like I I don't have the energy to go through that and it just feels like it's so much easier to just <laughs> let Facebook do the work for me assuming the algorithm lets them even see the status uh, and I'm worried a little bit especially considering like just last night I was feeling so doubtful and so questioning but now I'm like I don't know I, I feel I feel more certain I feel well not certain but confident I think I crossed a line from, like, the VVA, the the prospects of transitioning, being hypothetical, to them being something that I legitimately want to do. There is, like, a visceral desire on my part now to actually start (laughs) cross-dressing, which is terrifying, but, like, it's something that I want to do. And, um, I don't know, I think I'm... I'm falling more for this idea of trying to f- fit fit, <laughs> fit a more traditionally feminine view of myself. I don't know. So I am worried, and I, uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I assume it'll probably be fine. I know my brother and sister will be cool with it. Um, I don't know about some of the older people in my family. There's some friends I don't know about. All the most important people in my life I already know. I'm worried, but I realized that I need to be open about this part of myself. I need to to accept it, and I need to grow as a person. And the times that we live in, I can't afford to pretend that this isn't who I am, or that this isn't what I want. Because I could die any day, and I would have died ignoring something so huge and so central to myself. (laughs) I legitimately feeling <laughs> I'm legitimately feeling like I'm actually maturing. and And this is the source of my confidence, I think, because I've spent so much of my adult life addressing this deficiency in my personality, this problem, this inability to communicate. This depression, this cynicism, and every single thing I've ever done just didn't do anything. I would revert back to my old ways. It was like my body was allergic to progress. This is like a bodily compulsion. This is like what my body was trying to tell me this whole time. I feel this immense relief at the realization. It feels right. It feels like the answer. And I'm 28 years old. My mom died in her 50s. My dad died in his 60s. I've known a lot of people to die at that age. I have no reason to expect I'll live longer than them. I've more than lived half of my life at this point. Why should I waste any time wallowing in misery? feeling depressed, feeling unhappy in my body. I think I have the opportunity to like to actually be happy. What does that mean? Is that real? Is that a thing people feel? Is that... Is that a possibility for me? Is that... Is that unrealistic? Is that too much to ask for? To feel comfortable in my body? To feel good about myself? To not want to die every day. Is there hope. so <laughs> naive of me to think that I can ever solve my problems. But here I am, like, crying because I feel this euphoria, this... Excitement, this relief. And it's been so long since I was able to cry. I couldn't let myself. I felt this observer, this outside person, this me. It was lived in the third person watching me and saying, you're being ridiculous. People don't cry. What are you doing? I think I've cried more in the last month than I've cried in years. And my dad died recently. My dad died almost two years ago now. And I don't feel that resistance anymore. I don't feel that resistance anymore. I feel better. I think this is the right thing. Fuck. (laughs) I am transgender, holy shit. Glad I got my phone out to record this. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something.
0: Good night, everybody.